0: Before he shut me up, I asked him how far it was to Thornfield. A matter of six miles. How long shall we be before we get there? Up in an hour and a half. He fastened the car door, climbed to his own seat outside, and we set off. Our progress was leisurely and gave me ample time to reflect. I was content to be at length so near the end of my journey, and as I leaned back in the comfortable, though not elegant, conveyance, I pulled the woolen blanket around me. Before long, in a half-doze, as the light faded, the gentle rhythm of the carriage awoke my senses, and I found, having slipped downwards on the leather seat, that the underneath seam of my drawers was tugging at me in such a way that I latched on to the familiar sensation which so often had been a prelude to sleep in the dark dormitory at Lowood. In the privacy of the carriage, quite alone for the first time in as long as I could remember, and still on the very verge of sleep, my mind wandered back to the girls at the boarding school that I had just left and their soft embraces. And as I reflected further, I remembered Bessie, and how she had taught me her secret remedy to alleviate the disquiet of the mind, and how her swift fingers and thumb had massaged my young body into its first delight. I shifted beneath the blanket, half asleep and, arching my spine, braced myself against the narrow armrests, pressing down against the hard leather ridge of the seat. Presently, as we entered a straight edge of the road, the horse sped up, and the carriage jiggled beneath me at such an agreeable speed that I was brought quickly to a pleasurable release. Afterwards, feeling more relaxed and quite refreshed from this unexpected turn of events, I rearranged myself and meditated much at my ease. "'I suppose,' I thought. Judging from the plainness of the servant and carriage, Mrs. Fairfax is not a very dashing person. "'So much the better,' for I never lived amongst fine people but once, and I was very miserable with them. I wonder if she lives alone except for this little girl, and if so, whether she is in any degree amiable and I will be able to get on with her. I will do my best, although it is a pity that doing one's best does not always answer. At Lowood, indeed, I took that resolution, kept it, and succeeded in pleasing those around me in all manner of ways. But with Mrs. Reed, I remember my best was always spurned with scorn and spanking. I pray God Mrs. Fairfax may not turn out a second Mrs. Reed, but if she does, I'm not bound to stay with her. Let the worst come to the worst. I can advertise for the position of a governess again, how far are we on our road now, I wonder? I let down the window and looked out. Millcote was behind us, and judging by the number of its lights, it seemed a place of considerable magnitude, much larger than Lowton. We were now, as far as I could see, on a sort of common, but there were houses scattered all over the district. I felt we were in a different region to Lowood, more populous less picturesque and certainly less romantic. The roads were heavy, the night misty, and when my conductor let his horse walk all the way, the hour and a half extended, I verily believe two hours. At last he turned in his seat and, knocking on the car, said, You're no so far from Thornfield now. About ten minutes after, the driver got down and opened a pair of gates. We passed through, and they clashed to behind us. We now slowly ascended a drive and came upon the long front of a house. Candlelight gleamed from one curtained bow window, but all the rest were dark. The car stopped at the front door. It was opened by a maidservant. I alighted and went in. "Will you walk this way, ma'am?" said the girl. "'and I followed her across a square hall with high doors all round. "'She ushered me into a room "'whose double illumination of fire and candle at first dazzled me, "'contrasting, as it did, "'with the darkness to which my eyes had been for two hours inured. "'When I could see, however, "'a cosy and agreeable picture presented itself to my view. "'A snug, small room.' a round table by a cheerful fire, and an armchair, wherein sat the neatest imaginable little elderly lady in widow's cap, black silk gown, and snowy muslin apron. Exactly like I had fancied Mrs. Fairfax.